is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. We've been told for weeks now that Omicron is producing milder illnesses in people unlucky enough to catch it. And there have been some very preliminary studies backing up that notion. But what if we have it wrong? We are starting to see an increase in COVID deaths in L.A. County. Last Tuesday, 15 deaths from COVID complications were reported by public health. Now, that jumped to 66 recorded on Saturday the highest in more than nine months. So we'll take a closer look at the supposedly milder Omicron variant. Also, the hope had been that with the fast spread of Omicron, the pandemic would turn endemic, meaning we could start to treat the sickness like the flu. That thinking um, might have also been too optimistic. We start with Omicron and what was supposed to be less severe illnesses. With us is Dr. Peter Katona, clinical professor of medicine and infectious diseases at UCLA's Geffen School of Medicine. So, uh, doctor, in light of rising death rates and and more data about Omicron, what have we learned over the last two months? Well, thank you for having me. There's a lot of issues here. There's clear evidence that Omicron is not nearly as invasive as Delta was. It doesn't cause quite a significant amount of disease. That we know pretty much for sure. The issue is that there's such an overwhelming number of cases that there are bound to be some that are going to be off the end of the curve and be more severe and end up with people being in the hospital. The question is, how many of these deaths are due to Omicron and how many of these deaths are due to Delta? And we need to do extensive sequencing to be able to identify that. And it's hard to get the sample because the deaths occur in so many different places. Yeah, and the deaths are a, a lagging indicator, right? That's the last thing to happen. So first you get sick, then you go to the hospital, and then if, if you're going to pass away, it's, it might even be weeks later. So some of this could still be Delta. And then maybe we see more of Omicron as we go over the next few weeks in terms of deaths, if we're going to get them from Omicron. And like you said, with the numbers, there will be a certain fraction where that happens. Well, the CDC director has, has indicated that she thinks it's mostly Delta that's causing these deaths. But Delta deaths would have come two, three, four weeks after Omicron kind of made its debut, which was just about exactly Thanksgiving in this country. So we're getting to the point where Delta deaths should be waning and not increasing. So I don't know what to make of it until we get sequencing information on differentiating these two paths. So is it one of those things which I think a lot of people do have difficulty wrapping their head around, that that an, an individual's chance, almost regardless, I guess, of, of age and, and other potential comorbidities, an individual's chance of being severely ill or death from Omicron is still pretty, pretty small compared to Delta, but on a societal level, because as you mentioned, the sheer numbers, you're bound to see these, these unusual cases. Is that the bottom line? I think you've put that very well. That's exactly the way that I would describe it. And mostly still unvaccinated people who are dying? For sure, the unvaccinated population is the preponderance of people who get hospitalized and sick enough to die. So the vaccination still, by all accounts, is very effective at ameliorating the degree of of illness somebody's going to get. 
How are hospitals in this area in particular doing with the new antiviral pills, the Pfizer and the, the uh, I guess to a lesser degree, the Merck ones? I know that they're difficult to get. I, I had some doctor friends of mine mention to me that there are also issues with uh, these pills in terms of other meds that people are taking. You have to be really careful. It's not as simple as just taking the pills and getting on your way. Uh, what's your experience been? Well, it's not a hospital issue. The pills, when and if they become available, are going to keep people out of the hospital. So it's not going to be a hospital issue per se. But, you know, the, the monoclonal antibodies, there's only one that works for Omicron, and it's not readily available. Um, and so we don't know exactly where this is going to take us uh, at this point. Uh, once those oral pills become available, it will open up a whole new world of, of data for us to be able to tell how effective they are. You know, there could be a side effect profile that's not particularly appreciated yet, um, but both the Pfizer and the Merck pills are, are going to be on the market. They're now in process of being mass produced. Dr. Peter Katona, clinical professor, medicine and infectious diseases, UCLA's Geffen School of Medicine. Dr. Anthony Fauci says it's too soon to predict whether the Omicron variant will mark the final wave of the pandemic. There's been hope this would cause the pandemic to turn into an endemic, but Fauci and other scientists are saying that it all depends on future variants. Dr. George Rutherford is an epidemiologist and director of the Division of Prevention and Public Health at UC San Francisco's School of Medicine. So, Doctor, take us through some of the uh, factors here from the quick spread of Omicron, the questions about what the future variants might look like, whether immunity from Omicron means we get through some of the others. Yeah, you got it, you got it exactly right. I mean, there's no guaranteeing what the next variant is going to be, and there's no guaranteeing that it's going to be less, cause less severe disease. We can probably say that the next variant that sweeps the world will be more transmissible um, than Omicron. That's a fitness thing that the virus that will be selected for. But um, I, I don't. There's no guarantee whether it's going to cause more disease or less disease. In a you know kind of in a perfect world, um, it would be cause less disease. But that's not at all predictable. And am I correct that there's no guarantee that uh, people who are vaccinated or even who have been infected with either Delta or the original version or or now Omicron might necessarily be immune to a future variant, right? Well, I don't know. You know, that's that's a bit that's a bit glass half half empty. I, I think that uh, what I would say is that we that the vaccine has stood up through several major uh, uh, major mutations. Uh, and variants. And, you know, we're now up to the whatever the letter, 13th letter of the Greek alphabet. And it's worked across all of those, uh, some better in some situations better than others. But it seems to be quite robust and to have, you know, quite a substantial activity. I think that the cross immunity from infection is another story, though, as we know, even infection with the Delta variant was did not protect many people from the Omicron variant. I know the president of Mexico, for instance, has now gotten the his uh, second uh, break, second infection uh, with COVID, presumably uh, with uh, with the Omicron variant, which is an example of what can happen. Let's say it turns into a seasonal thing. What does that look like for us? I mean, maybe it's always around somewhere, right? But do we have waves in the winter and maybe it's a little bit different each winter? Maybe it's more like the flu. So we try and tailor our vaccines if we have time, if we're getting shots every year. 
Yeah, if we could. We, that, that's one scenario. And, and, you know, we'll have to see what happens in the Southern Hemisphere. Obviously, that's how we make all our predictions about flu. The good thing is because we have mRNA technology, those lines can be retooled pretty quickly. And we can get, um, you know, pretty more customized vaccines out and available. But, you know, the bottom line is, is that when you have these mutations that come up with, you know, 32 new amino acid substitutions in the spike protein, which is a lot, which may have evolved in animals and may have evolved in people who are immunocompromised, there's no really, there's no kind of getting in front of that. You have to react to what's, you know, kind of what you're seeing. And, and the Southern Hemisphere is going to be the place we're going to, that, that's where the surveillance systems need to be in place so that we can react to uh, what's coming out during their winters. Because this, it will be, as you say, is already and, and will continue to be a wintertime virus, much like influenza A or a respiratory syncytial virus or any of the other viruses we deal with. You know, I think it was last week, maybe it was a week before, when the acting head of the FDA was quoted as saying that, that everyone is going to end up getting Omicron, and, and it left many people scratching their heads. What exactly yeah, yeah. does that mean? Does that mean that everybody, sooner or later, vaccinated or not, previously infected or not, everyone is eventually going to get sick from, from Omicron? I don't. Th- I mean, I, I think that was poorly, poorly phrased. I, I think everybody's unvaccinated may well get infected with it unless they live in, you know, rural Alaska. Um, but it's. Uh, I certainly don't plan to get it, and I, I don't. You know, I think that kind of pessimism drives people to say, okay, well, well, you know, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, I should just go get this, and then I'll be super immune. Well, we don't know what the long-term consequences are of Omicron. We don't have the series yet where we can say, here's your chances of developing long-term COVID, which is a miserable thing to have. And you don't want to, you don't want to put yourself at risk for that. So I encourage everybody, you know, stay the course, avoid the infection, wear your mask, get vaccinated, get boosted, do all the things we talk about doing. This is not something you want to get. Dr. George Rutherford, epidemiologist, director of the Division of Prevention and Public Health, UC San Francisco's School of Medicine. We end today's Coronavirus Daily with a mea culpa of sorts from CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. Now, we've discussed several times in this program the communication shortfalls on changing COVID protocols and policies from the CDC and the entire public health community in this country. Well, today in a Wall Street Journal interview, Dr. Walensky seemed to own up to those messaging mistakes. When it comes to helping people understand the changing nature of COVID policies, Dr. Walensky says, I think what I have not conveyed is the uncertainty in a lot of these situations. She goes on to say that she's committed to more clearly communicating CDC rules and recommendations. And apparently she's been working with a media consultant in recent weeks. Now, Dr. Walensky says her hopes in coming out of the COVID pandemic will be an emphasis on better science communication and a much bigger investment in public health programs. This is an Odyssey original. Find us and others on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Thank you.